And we are live. So I want to welcome everyone to Motivation Monday and tell you all happy Monday. Today we have our special guest, Dr. Mylinda Zabrumbra, who is a family medicine doctor up in Dayton. Um, I live in Cincinnati, so it's up for me. <laughs> I don't know where it is in relation to you, but I'm so happy to have her here with me today. And I want to tell you a little bit about how I know her because the first few episodes of these will be people that I know really well. I'm kind of like my tribe. I'm calling them like my tribe series. And so my Linda and I have known each other since we were in college and we were really good friends in college, but then we went to medical school together at Ohio State. We went to Ohio State for both. And so became really besties in medical school and we lived across the street from each other <laughs> and did everything together. And we both became family doctors. So a really special um, friend for me, if we're having any kind of issues with our careers or our families, definitely somebody I can always call on. So I really appreciate you coming and being one of my first guests for my podcast. And I just love you so much. So thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Awesome. All right. Well, I want you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Um, just a brief synopsis of your life, um, where you grew up, how you became, you know, in your career, how you got there. And then we'll get a little bit into our exercise for today. So um, like my good friend, Dr. Shomo said, uh, <clears throat> I'm born and raised from Dayton, Ohio. So um, native Daytonian and uh, pretty much all of my family is here. And, you know, I have known that I wanted to be a physician since I was about age five. So it was pretty easy for me to figure out what I was going to do and where I was going to go because my path was kind of paved from the beginning. So like she mentioned, I did go to the Ohio State University and that's where I earned um, a bachelor's in biology and chemistry. And then from there, I went on for medical school. Um, and then I returned back home to Dayton, Ohio, where I did the Wright State Family Medicine um, residency program and kind of intermixed in there. Um, during residency, I got married, I had two kids. So um, my husband is Joel and I have two beautiful little girls, um, Rose and Evelyn. So they definitely keep me busy. Um, moving from residency, I decided to become a hospitalist. And so, you know, with family medicine, we typically thinking about being in the office and seeing patients on an outpatient setting, but I take care of pretty much anything that comes my way on the inpatient side. So it doesn't matter if you have a stomach upset or a pneumonia, chances are it's me or one of my partners that's gonna take care of you there in the hospital. And um, throughout my career, I've managed to rise um, from a leadership perspective. And currently I'm the medical director um, for my group. So that's awesome. about me in a nutshell. Awesome. And of course, there's a lot more we could say just as far as, you know, how most of my friends I love because we're just like fun. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to find like fun people, but um, I've just enjoyed, you know, going uh, on vacation with you and just, you know, having a ball um, Any anything we do. Of course, we know how to be serious, but we also just love to have a good time and um, just be human as well. Yes. Just like Work other people. hard, play hard. <laughs> Definitely. Yes, exactly. All right. So the exercise for today is just, I want you to tell me about a time in your life that was hard. And I want you to tell me how you got through that back then, whenever that was. And also, if you think you would do it differently today, 
how do you think you'll be? How, oh, I'm sorry, let me say that again. All right, let me just start over from the beginning. So the exercise today is for you to tell me about a time that was hard in your life. And I want you to tell me how you got through it whenever it was and how you would do it differently today if you would do it differently. And the purpose of this is, you know, I feel like in our current life in the 2020s, and of course, in the before now, in the new millennium, basically, we put a lot of our lives out there that are the good times and all that sort of thing. And it makes people feel like, you know, there's this disconnect these days where people feel like there's people aren't going through hard things, that everybody has these perfect lives um, and behind the curtain, there's nothing going on. So I really want to be an example of vulnerability so that people know it's okay to talk about hard things that are going through their lives. Um, to talk about hard things that are going on in their lives. Because for me, during my cancer journey, that was one of the things that really was helpful for me was sharing that with other people. And yeah. I've gotten a lot of feedback from people like how I've inspired them to, you know, make sure they put their health first. So I just want people to really just be that example and tell people that we all go through hard things and it's okay to talk about it. So, you know, I thought really hard about this and <clears throat> I think the experience um, where I really hit like an all-time low is definitely when we were in medical school. And, you know, you can kind of testify to this because you were there with me and kind of going through it. Yeah. Um, but medical school- I know school what you're going to say. Literally almost killed me, like literally. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the way that medical school goes, <clears throat> so I'm even back up before then. So me knowing that I wanted to be a doctor- I've always pushed myself to be the best, to do the best, score the high grades. And, you know, I was used to being at the top of my class, get the highest scores. Yeah. But when you get to medical school, everybody is the best and the brightest. And all of a sudden you're no longer at the top and you're just trying to figure out like, how am I going to make it? How am I going to pass? Right. And so, you know, doing that, I really struggled through my first year while I was just trying to learn how to study, figure out what I was supposed to be doing. And I finally, you know, started getting some traction. I felt like, okay, I got this. And then, um, you know, in medical school, usually do two years, like book stuff before you go into your clinicals. And in between that is where you take your boards. I missed my first set of boards by one point. And I was absolutely devastated. It was like mm -hmm. my world came crashing down. I would just be like, I remember um, my then boyfriend, now husband, Joel, we would be, you know, about to go get something to eat. And one time I just busted out into tears, just randomly just fell apart. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, the interesting thing too, when you, when you're going through that, I had people who were, um, I had, I was a part of a, um, summer program where I was mentoring to, um, young high school students who had expressed an interest in medicine and, you know, who were saying, well, we don't know if you're a good role model. We don't know that you should be involved in this. Is this the kind of person that we want to see? And it was like my whole self-worth, right. um, all crumbling down in this one thing. And I remember because I was there too. So, I remember um, being like, no, my Linda's going to be here with us. Like, it's going to be fine. Yeah. So, um, and you know, that, that definitely helped. I had close friends like you or Mona that really supported me, Jonica. 
Um, and then even on top of that, uh, other classmates that were like, we know you got this, don't worry about it. So um, I get back into it, you know, I hit the books, I'm studying hours on end on a daily basis. And all of a sudden, I don't really feel too good. But you know, you're struggling, you're trying to focus, trying to get stuff done, because I knew I had a short period of time, I had to pass this so that I could move forward. Um, and I was sitting there, I was drinking a lot, I was peeing a lot. At one point, my vision started going crazy. And uh, I remember seeing the classmate coming down the hallway and I couldn't make out his face. And I knew something was wrong. So I go, I get checked out and they're like, well, you know, you're at that age. You've been studying a lot. You got a lot going on. I think you need glasses. So now on top of that, I can't see. And I'm calling my family at home. I'm crying. I'm trying to study for these boards. Oh my gosh. And uh, I can't see now. I got to get these glasses. And in a span of, you know, maybe one more week, I just progressively continued to get more and more sick. Started to get to a point where my belly was bothering me. I was getting nauseous. I felt fatigued. I just could not get it together. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for people in my life who were around me at that time. Yeah. My husband, Joel, he finally looked at me one day and he said, something's not right you got to go get checked out. And I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm stressed. I'm stressed, you know, because that's what we tend to do. We tend, right. to, tend to put ourselves on the back burner because we're so focused on that goal, trying to achieve that sometimes we leave ourselves behind. Right. So um, finally, one day I um, decided like, you know, I had even called my advisor, like, I don't know what to do. And she was like, yeah, go get checked out. So I go, I walk in and my family doctor at the uh, student health center, yay family doctors, he took one look at me and he goes, I think you have diabetes. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm just stressed out. My eating's crazy. And he's like, you know what, let's get some blood work and then see what happens. And that's, you know, I give great credit to that physician there because I had right. been seen by other health professionals and everybody had an answer for it, but it was him who took one look at me, listened to what I had to say and put those pieces together. So, um, you know, he did some blood work and uh, my blood sugar was 788. Wow. And my insulin levels were completely undetectable. Oh, wow. So it's like, you know, like literally my world is crashing down. I was on the brink of death. I got admitted to the hospital you know, they got me all tuned up and, um, even crazier is, you know, most people, they think about diabetes, you know, people being overweight, people getting older, um, the typical adult onset type diabetes, right. but I had actually gotten type one. So my body makes absolutely no insulin. I have juvenile diabetes. So, but you were diagnosed um, you know, in your twenties too. It's called juvenile diabetes, exactly. but we were like 20, 22, 23. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, everybody around you and, and, and particularly in, in family and lay people who don't really know medicine very well, they know that adult onset diabetes. So everybody kept saying like, oh, you'll, you'll get off that insulin. You'll yeah. be able to get off those pills. And, you know, I even had some classmates tell me like, well, maybe if you lose a little bit of weight, that'll help too. And I'm like, I could lose all the weight in the world. Right. This is a lifetime <laughs> diagnosis. This right. is with me forever. There is no getting rid of this. 
So, um, yeah, that was definitely a super trying time in my life because everything I held dear to, you know, who I am as a person, where I am in my trajectory for my career, my goals. And then as if that wasn't bad enough, I was struggling through that. Now, all of a sudden my health failed. Right. And it was just like, a, I, it was very humbling because um, the way that my friends and my family rallied behind me, um, you know, I give credit to um, my husband because we had only been, we hadn't even been dating a year. I think it had maybe been six or eight months that we had been together. And now all of a sudden he has this person that's literally just falling apart mentally, physically, everything was just crazy. So I do give a lot of credit to him for supporting me through that. I thank you for being there and telling me that I can do it and helping me with notes and making sure I was staying on track. Um, Definitely with Ramona and, you know, Jonica was my uh, study buddy at that time too. Yeah. So yeah, just really the only things that got me through were my faith in God and the people that rallied around me. So, you know, looking back on it, I don't really know that there was much more that I could have done differently. You know, sometimes when you go through things like, no, you know, as you grow and things change, you're like, if I had gone through that now with what I know, this is what I would have done. Obviously, you know, from a a studying standpoint, I would have made some changes, but from how I dealt with it and my life in general, I don't really know that, um, that I could have done anything differently. And I think sometimes with trauma, you have to realize that it doesn't matter what you did. It just is what it is. There's nothing that you can do about it. There's nothing that you control it, but what you can do is work through it and get through it. And, you know, some traumas you can't get over. I can't get over the fact that I failed my boards. Uh, I can't get over the fact that um, I have type one diabetes and that is with me for the rest of forever, but I did get through it. I did work through it. I didn't quit. I didn't listen to any of the negativity around me, including that negativity in myself. Like, what am I doing? Am I supposed to be here? am I going to make it? You know, you kind of have to quiet the noise, put your head down and get the work. So, um, yeah, I don't, I I don't really know that anything differently could have been done. It sounds like you did. I mean, I know that you were able to, I know for a lot of people, they probably, you didn't take any time off. Like you literally took that time that you needed to take off but you graduated on time. So I know people who may have taken like a year off or months off Mm -hmm. to try to deal with it. But yeah, you, I felt like, and I mean, for some people that may be something they might've thought about doing differently as far as, you know, just taking a little bit more time to figure it all out. Um, But just having that support system is one of the things that can help you get through it in a, in a, in a quicker, in a quicker, um, you know, process than for some people, but everybody's different. Some people may have taken time off um, but for you, I know it was important that you wanted to graduate medical school um, on time, you know, for a lot of you people know, that's, do. That, the funny part about that is I never even thought about that. And so you <laughs> mentioned it just now, like it was, it wasn't even like a, a thought. It was like, I got to keep going. I got to keep moving. Um, but yeah, wow. 
that's that's definitely I I probably could have taken some time off right yeah yeah but but and you know then you would graduate with us you graduate with your original class and sometimes (laughs) if you don't then you graduate people you don't know all that sort of thing so yeah and you know the thing about my story too is to realize and you know I do share I was embarrassed at first I didn't want to tell people that I failed my boards. I almost failed my first year of medical school because I had always done so well and it was always so easy. And all of a sudden I was struggling and I didn't want to admit that. And, um, you know, I didn't want to say it out loud, but I realized that sometimes you have to because everybody has their own struggles that they're going through and seeing that you did it gives them that push that they may need to get going. I mean, we all had all sorts of craziness happen to us through right. medical school. Like I'm still amazed with everything that went on with you. Like, you know, same thing. I'm how, how are we managing all this craziness in our lives with our families, with our friends, our own health. And, and you know, we made it through. So, right. you know, spoiler alert, we're here. We right. made it. And, um, you know, despite all that craziness that happened, I chose my specialty. I got accepted into my first choice and I did well, you know, right. so it just no, shows really that sometimes you. you get those little bobbles in the road. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it just really shows you how strong you can be. And uh, for most people who are probably listening, they're like, well, what happened with you? I was taking care of my uh, my brother when I was in medical school and it was a lot of drama and you helped me a lot with that as well. And, um, and Ramona and Clayton and, you know, just the whole class of 2010 crew uh, was really helpful in trying to get through that and trying mm-hmm. to get through being a parent of a teenager <laughs> while in medical school. Mm-hmm. And we went through a lot in medical school. I'm You're like, right. you are crazy. You are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you got to be a little bit crazy with, you know, just the the stress of it all. All right. Yeah, I know. And I think that's part of why you never really thought about taking a time off because it was just like everything is crazy in medical school. And you're just like, all right, let me just get through this. So I'm just happy that we made it. It is a whole nother ball game. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And you know, the the great thing about it is I formed so many connections, um, you know, during that time, even people that I kind of saw in passing or maybe was in a class with just the connections that you built at that time was just amazing and also to get lifelong friends out of it so definitely you know there's there's light at the end of the tunnel even though it literally almost killed me it definitely made me stronger um and then it helped me uh prove myself that yeah I could do it and I got a lot of great friends along the way right yeah yeah it was, it's definitely a great story of triumph and, you know, that we all go through hard things. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's a really, that's a really tough thing to go through. And I, I'd never asked you for your permission <laughs> to do this, but <laughs> yesterday I was teaching the medical students and I was talking to them about, we were talking about type one diabetes um, and we were talking about insulin pumps and I was telling them about, you know, they were saying that for some people, they don't know how to like maneuver them. I'm like, my best friend was diagnosed with type one diabetes in medical school when she was you all's age. And I'm mm. like, and we go to the beach, we go to Mexico. She just suck it in her swimsuit <laughs> and, and moving, you know, or keep it moving. <laughs> yep. It's not the, I mean, I thought it was the end of the world. I thought my, my world was over, 
but um I've learned to live with it it's just part of me it's who I am and I don't you know I don't even think about it anymore and then even be able to have two children after that diagnosis as well because I know that was one thing that exactly yeah that that was really scary exactly because you know as physicians we know too much and so (laughs) I know those statistics of you know, older and being a type one diabetic. And on top of that, you know, when I had my kids, so, um, you know, being type one puts you at risk for all sorts of complications with your babies. And then as you get older, you get all sorts of complications and all sorts of risk too. So I made the decision like, Hey, you know what, let me go ahead and just start my family now, because I don't want to be waiting until I have everything right and I'm older and now I have even more problems. So I started and ended my residency pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) So I was working 80 plus hours a week, you know, nine pregnant. I still remember some of my rotations. People were looking at me like I was literally going to bust. Like, are you okay? Is everything okay? (laughs) And, um, you know, and it speaks to the people that are in your life. One of my co-residents one time looked at me and he was like, do you want me to take your call tonight? And I was like, uh, no, why? And he starts gesturing at my huge belly and he goes, cause, uh, you know, you're pregnant. <laughs> I'm like I'll make it, but thank you for the offer. So yeah, it was, yeah. uh, definitely I'm, I'm thankful that I was able to make it through my pregnancies with essentially no problems, but it was definitely scary all along the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just amazing what we can all do and what we can all accomplish, especially with having that village. And I know that's one of the reasons why you went back home to Dayton mm-hmm. um, after medical school was because you wanted to have your your mother and your grandmother um, to be able to be your village while you were going through that 80 hour work week, trying to have children, trying to be a mm-hmm. wife, all of that sort of stuff. So, yes, literally, I would not have made it like I, you know, sometimes people exaggerate, like, I don't know if I would have made it. I literally would not have made it if not for my mom and my grandmother. Um, Because at one point, my husband had to travel for work. So I had this brand new baby, and I was working 80 plus hours a week. And so my mom, like the nights that I had to be on call, my mom, well, even before that, so my grandmother took care of my kids while um, they were babies. So she would keep them all day. And then my mom would come and pick them up in the evening, keep them all night long, drop them back to her in the morning. And then when I got off that afternoon after working, you know, anywhere from 24 to 30 hours in a row, and then I would come back and, and get them. And I think, you know, you bring up an excellent point about that tribe because there were so many times where I was down on myself as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, and they were in my corner the whole time, like, you got this. Um, And actually, that was another really tough period recently for me. My grandmother died, Mm -hmm. um, actually, this past August. And she was like my heart, my whole world. And um, I still, you know, when she passed, I started thinking about all those things she passed on to me and definitely resilience is one of them. And uh, I still remember, um, I'm trying to remember when it was, but I had gone to pick up my little one from her house and I hung my head low because I was overwhelmed. I had kids, I was working crazy hours, my husband was traveling and it was like, I could not get my life together. 
I held her as like the gold standard. Like she was the woman that, you know, I wanted to be. My mom did a fantastic job. She was a single mom. She taught me so much. I learned so much from her. Um, but when it came to being like a wife and a mother, you can't really see that in your own mother. And I looked to my grandmother and um, her house was always immaculate. And when my grandfather came home from work, she was pulling his food out of the oven and putting it on the stove. So it'd be the perfect temperature when he walked into the house. And so, you know, I was ashamed that I just could not get it together. And my grandmother looked at me. She was like, um, you do realize that this is my only job. I've never worked outside the home. <laughs> right. Like you are working all these hours. You're a whole doctor. Right. You have kids. It's okay. It is mm -hmm. okay. And you are doing okay. So yeah, just hearing from your tribe and getting that validation from the people around you, I think um, makes a big difference, which is why it's so important to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with good people. Right. Because I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have people like you and Ramona in my corner, like, come on, right. let's study together. Let's get this done. Because yeah. um, there are, I mean, you know, this is a professional podcast, but there are a lot of haters. Right. There really <laughs> are. And, um, you know, they will have you thinking twice about yourself. Right. You need those people in the background that are, you know, when you're ready to go out and, and party and you're like, well, I don't know about this outfit. And they're like, girl, you look good. Right. <laughs> we yeah. about to have fun. You need people and, to cheer you on instead of tear you down. Exactly. Hype you up and let them, you know, the people that fix your crown. Right. Don't talk about you behind your back that it ever got crooked. Like, right. That right there, having you guys in my life really made a difference. Yes. Well, having you in our lives made a difference as well. And that's the biggest thing about, <laughs> that's the biggest thing about all of it is like, you're good to the people who are good to you. So, mm -hmm. so that's, what's important. So thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. Um, it was really amazing. And this is a really great conversation. And I could talk to you forever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that I'm a talker and a lot of my friends are too. <laughs> So, yes. but that's why it makes that's probably why we get along but yet you this is is robert a talker because he never really said very many words when... <laughs> no no he's yeah. not the podcast episode that we did together though people were like that is the most i've ever heard him talk mm -hmm. <laughs> because he talks to me at home he just doesn't like to talk around a lot of other people so <laughs> yeah i mean i remember meeting him in college and he would like say like three words and then make some facial expressions <laughs> but um <laughs> That's what the residents, they always make fun of him because of his facial expressions. They call it the pulliam sign. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when he yep. raises his eyebrow, <laughs> the pulliam sign. Exactly. It usually means that things are not going well in that room. Mm -hmm. You might need to start over, friends. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been fun. I hope you have a good rest of your day. And I hope that everybody who's listening enjoyed this and you feel motivated to start your Monday the right way with Motivation Monday. And catch the next episode and see you all soon. Take care. Bye. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Motivation Monday. Motivation Monday. 
Motivation Monday. Motivation Monday. Motivation Monday. Motivation Monday.